Are there key lessons that Kalani Sitake and his struggles early on in his tenure at BYU as well as struggles this past season can lend itself to what Mark Pope is going through with BYU basketball? Allow us to explain. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate you guys, guys, as always, for checking out the show. We're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Today's title sponsors are friends over at LinkedIn. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently and match the open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college right now. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's dive right in. And first off, a big thank you to all of you for bearing with me as I got back from vacation, got myself situated a little bit. Coming to you a little bit later on, on a Tuesday edition. I uh, meant to originally get a Monday edition out, but uh, travel issues and some other stuff popped up and needed to sit down and finally get a podcast out to you. So here we are. And let's start off today's show talking about what's going on with BYU basketball. And I'm not going to lie, watching BYU basketball right now as they close in on the end of their season is just an absolute chore. It's kind of the same old story every single time the BYU basketball team gets out there on the court yet again against St. Mary's. They get within one point with just, what is it, a couple minutes to go, and then St. Mary's just takes over down the stretch and pulls away for the victory. It's, it's It's another one in an agonizing season for BYU basketball of them coming close. And I was thinking about this while I was out with my wife on vacation. I know that I, I should have been probably focusing on some other things, but my my mind is want to wander at times. And I was talking about, I was thinking about this and actually I guess I must have on the same brainwave with Dave McCann from the Deseret News and also the Wise Guys podcast, Wise Guys Show, I guess what they call it. And he wrote a story for the Deseret News that kind of sums up a lot of what I was thinking over the weekend as I got ready to do this podcast. And what it is, is the overall gist of this is that Mark Pope needs to get with Kalani Satake and understand what Coach Satake has gone through during his time as BYU football's head coach to get things right, to get the ship righted with the BYU men's basketball program. Now, allow me to explain, and I'm also, uh, this is something you also can read, like I said, from Dave McCann. He wrote a similar article in the Deseret News, but it was something that my mind kind of settled on after that St. Mary's loss, is that a lot of the issues that BYU men's basketball are facing right now, and we're talking about player issues in terms of development, uh, getting guys in roles that they're comfortable with, having set rotations, also making sure that guys are as healthy as possible. It actually hasn't been that big of a deal for BYU this year outside of Tanner Toulson and Trevin Nell's injuries, but just making sure guys are available game in and game out. A lot of these things are things that that BYU football has dealt with. Think back to what happened in October. Uh, BYU dealt with a rash of injuries, went over in the month of October. Uh, Elisa Tuiaki, in the midst of that, reportedly offered to step down from his position. Kalani Sitake, as we all know now, stepped in essentially as the defensive coordinator to help things uh, settle down on the defensive side of the football. And BYU was able to get through the season patchwork, duct tape, gum, whatever you want to, MacGyver type scenario you want to envision. That's how they got through this season. But Kalani 
Yanni Satake realized in the midst of that season that changes needed to come to his program. This was the second time during Kalani Satake's run as BYU football's head coach. He made tough decisions and made the call to move on from certain parts of his program, certain people in his program, most notably this time the defensive staff. Elisa Tuiaki gone, Ed Lamb gone, Preston Hadley gone, uh, Kevin Clune gone. Also his top two strength and conditioning guys who had been with him from day one uh, were out as well because of the injury issues. Kalani Satake was not afraid to cut bait and figure out what needed to change and realize what needed to change and made the necessary moves. Like I said, this is the second time he's done that in his tenure. He was uh, forced to have Ty Detmer as his offensive coordinator. You can quibble with that any which way you want, but Ty Detmer was not hired by Kalani Satake when he was hired as BYU's head coach. He was essentially told, hey, you're going to be our head coach. We already have your offensive coordinator here in Ty Detmer. It wasn't working, and and Kalani Satake realized that during the midst of that 2017 season, the worst season BYU's had in roughly 50 years, and he realized he needed to make a very, very difficult decision to fire the former Heisman Trophy winner, a, a legend around the program, in Ty Detmer, a guy that Kalani Satake likely watched growing up, playing for BYU on his way to winning that Heisman Trophy in 1990. It just it was probably a very, very difficult decision for Kalani Satake to do that. It also came with him revamping his entire offensive staff at that time. Kalani time and time again when he has been forced to has been unafraid or has been willing to make difficult decisions to move on from people and find other options. Obviously that led to the hire of Jeff Grimes as BYU's offensive coordinator. Aaron Roderick came in as the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. A few years later uh, Jeff Grimes moves on to Baylor. Aaron Roderick ascends to the offensive coordinator thing and BYU's offense really hasn't missed a beat since that time. The hope is that with Jay Hill's hire at BYU, as defensive coordinator for BYU and his new staff working with him, that they can get BYU's defense performing to a similar level of BYU's offense where it's a consistent identity and you know exactly what you're going to get every single day. That's much easier said than done right now, obviously, because you're obviously dealing with a myriad of different issues, talent-wise, etc., with the BYU football program. But it brings me back to my point. What Mark Pope is dealing with right now is he needs to find answers for a consistent identity of his program. Really, the identity of BYU basketball right now is its inconsistency in its identity. It seems like game in and game out, they're trying to reinvent the wheel, trying new guys in different roles, throwing lineups out there and seeing if it sticks. They're floundering right now. They're trying to find the right combination of guys to be able to go out and win uh, basketball games. Now, does BYU football and basketball do they line up uh, synerg- synergy? Is it, do they line up perfectly where you can make a straight across comparison? No, they do not. But the overall themes are what Mark Pope needs to draw from. And we'll dig more into that in just a moment because I, I think there are a few things that Mark Pope can learn from Kalani Sitake, and I want to point out to those ex- exact things that I think need to be identified with the BYU basketball program and rectified before it gets too late for Mark Pope, and we'll get to that momentarily. First, a word on our friends over at LinkedIn. Of course, they've been a big partner of ours for quite a while now, and as a small business owner or hiring manager for whichever company you might work for, you know that success in 2023 is all going to depend on the team members you surround yourself with. And that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs, my friends. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs help you uh, quickly attract qualified candidates to your open roles with the targeting tools. They go beyond just the simple resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 
175 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. They also help you identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn jobs and connect with them faster and for free and makes it also easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications. All of this, by the way, in one platform. It's an all-in-one tool. Think about that. It makes it as simple as it possibly can be. And that is why small businesses are rating LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free right now. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you in part by our friends over at Perry Homes. Whether you're looking for your first home or you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points to help meet your needs. And if you're looking for anything, I'm pretty sure Perry Homes can find the answer for you. The best part is they got beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties, as well as multiple communities in Washington County near St. George in the southern part of Utah. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes. They even have quick moving homes that are available right now if you need to move immediately. And they offer generous financing incentives through their preferred lender as well if you want to get on that. So visit Perry Homes Utah to find what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for joining us right here on Locked On Cougars and making us your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast. It's called Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about the college basketball scene in one place. Hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players alike. Get ready for March Madness with Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So, as I mentioned, uh, there is a few things I think that Mark Pope needs to do to get BYU basketball back to operating with peak efficiency and hopefully get things turned around as BYU gets ready to join the Big 12 Conference. Because right now, BYU is not even competitive in the West Coast Conference. What like what confidence do you have of BYU basketball going into the Big 12 and being a competitive basketball program? If you do, let me know because I don't see very many positives from this squad right now. I guess the one thing you can point to is as Mark Pope's been pointing to all year long. We're young. We're young. We're young. Okay, coach. And I'm, I'm speaking to Mark Pope as if, he's, as if he's watching this podcast. Maybe he is. And we can talk more about this if he wanted to talk about it. But the biggest thing right now is BYU has played nearly 30 games this season. All of these freshmen, guys like Dallin Hall, Richie Saunders, even guys like Fus Traore, who is a sophomore who's gone, who's pretty much through his second season in this program, they're pretty seasoned guys at this point. This is not the first 10 games of a season. Guys just coming fresh off the boat, essentially, and joining this program. There's none of that. At this point of the season, the whole being young excuse, it's overplayed, it's contrived, and it's worn out. It it, it needs to die. It just got to go away. It has to go away. What Mark Pope needs to realize, he takes a good, long, hard look at how he operates as a head coach, how his assistant pool is operating, and how the overall construction of his roster is going and how it's going to look moving forward. We've had enough conversations with this, I think, at this point of the season that right now BYU cannot consistently expect to go into the transfer portal and draw in the type of talent that's going to come in and immediately make BYU a contender in the Big 12. At least the the track record does not indicate as such. I know that they put together a pretty good squad that first year for Mark Pope, and had they had an NCAA tournament, who knows what they might have been capable of doing. But... 
That team, that very first team that Mark Pope had, let's be honest, the backbone of that squad, TJ Hawes, you can even count uh, TJ Hawes, Yoli Childs, they were program guys, guys that had been in the program for three and four years and have built up to the point where they were star players. They also brought guys like Jake Toulson in, who were guys that had been at BYU, developed nicely at UVU, and then came back over to BYU. Another quote-unquote program guy. What BYU is trying to do right now, what Mark Pope's been trying to do is try to put a, a quick band-aid on an issue of developing guys for the long term. And he's trying to kind of supplement that with quick fixes via the transfer portal. I know that in theory it's supposed to work well, but the roster construction for BYU is just not working. You have young pieces, and I, I use the term young. You have guys who are pieces that you can build around. Dallin Hall looks like a future star. I think Richie Saunders has got a great future in front of him. I think Fuseni Traore is absolutely phenomenal. But where in the world is the absolute big guy in the middle? Atiki Ali Atiki is a cute project, but has he panned out to be anything more than a 10-minute-a-game guy? No, he is not. Fustriori is six foot six, and it's awesome that he's as effective as he is at the height he is. But you're going into a league, speaking of the Big 12, where their big men are true seven footers, and if they're not, they're six nine, six ten, and can absolutely leap out of the gym. You need to work on your roster construction, and you may be taking your lumps. I, no, you not may. You will be taking your lumps next year if you're BYU basketball. The other thing, skill development. What has happened uh, to help BYU get to the next level with these these younger players? What's happening with his coaching staff? Mark Pope might need to look at reconstituting his coaching staff a little bit. He was forced to make a change last year when Chris Burgess took the job and moved to the University of Utah, the program that he was, it was his alma mater. It was a dream job for him to go home. He got paid a lot more, got a multi-year contract from Utah, blah, 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 blah. That force of change. Hill Fennell joined the program at BYU and came highly, highly recommended. But the other guys have been holdovers from Mark Pope's first staff, and maybe he needs to look at revamping his staff a little bit. Now, I'm not saying he needs to fire anybody. I'm not saying that. I'm not calling for people to be fired. But he needs to look at all aspects of his position as BYU's head coach. How he operates in his own mind needs to reevaluate things. Kalani Sitake has talked about during his now going into his eighth season as BYU's head coach. He's talked about the fact he's had to reinvent himself multiple times. The The first two years for BYU under Kalani Sitake, players were, the, the, the inmates were running the asylum, for lack of a better term. And Kalani realized that, hey, I can be a player's coach, but I've also got to be able to lock down on these guys and be able to give them that tough love at times. And has it been perfect in the seven years so far that Kalani's been at BYU? No, it has not. But there are some let's say rumors out there involving BYU basketball of players not being held to standards that they are expected to uphold, if that makes sense. Different standards for different players, double standards in a way, if you will. And that is something that Mark Pope's got to clearly identify as what he is looking to do with his program. Is he going to be a player's coach? He's always kind of identified as a player's coach. He's a guy who played in the NBA and has worked with many great coaches during his time. He credits Rick Pitino as being one of his mentors. Rick Pitino, for all of his fall out there. He's a proven winner as a coach out there on the college basketball scene. And that, that's the thing about this is there's a huge opportunity, it feels like, for a guy like Mark Pope to go and re-identify where he can be best, not best, most effective as BYU's head coach. But he's got to take a good, long, hard look at what he is doing. Is it going to ultimately pan out the way that he wants it to? Only time will tell.
And who knows what the future is going to hold. But the Big 12, it is going to ask a ton of him as a head coach to get this program to even a competitive level in the Big 12 Conference. Right now, I, I've, I've said it once, I'll say it again. If BYU is anywhere near competitive in the first three or four years in the Big 12 as a men's basketball program, it'll be a minor miracle because there's just so much depth and talent amongst all the programs, even the new programs coming into the conference alongside BYU boast all kinds of accolades. Most notably, obviously, Houston, who has spent time as the number one team in the country. They have a Final Four team every year, it feels like, for the last couple of years. So it's a... There's a there's a really really uh, tough I, I don't know how to say this uh, there's a really man Mark Pope has got to buckle down and identify where exactly his biggest failings are and he needs to work hard at rectifying those and yes the transfer portal is probably going to be a part of that will Mark Pope uh, have to use maybe an opportunity to move some guys out and move other guys in maybe so. But he has to identify where he wants his program's identity to be built upon and build that identity. Like I said, the the biggest thing for BYU's identity right now is the fact that they don't necessarily have an identity in my mind. That's the tough part. That's a tough pill to swallow if you're a BYU basketball fan right now. So getting back to my original point, exactly what uh, Dave McCann also said, is that Mark Pope, he may have to go over and talk with clients to and say, hey, coach. What exactly did you do to narrow in on what you could fix and then obviously uh, making the moves necessary that you felt like to make those fixes? What did you have to do? What, what was the process you went through? It would be a very beneficial thing, I think, for Mark Pope to go through that process. And I'm not saying that Mark Pope is going to be able to fix every single thing in this offseason. I highly doubt he's going to be able to because there's just so much to fix with this basketball program. But he can learn from the example of the guy just down the street, literally just down the hill from BYU's basketball annex, you go right down to the SAB right there to the BYU football offices, sit down with Kalani Sitake and say, coach, you've been through this, I guess, call it a reinvention process twice before. Help me understand how you went about it, where you identified your biggest weaknesses, and how you went about rectifying that. And bring some of those stories, and I guess stories, bring some of those guidelines and lessons to your process as you try to reinvent this BYU basketball program. Is Mark Pope going to be long for BYU basketball? Only time will tell, but he needs to get things going in a positive direction. This is the worst season since Steve Cleveland's final year at BYU in 2000, 2005, 2004. They went 9-21. BYU's going to have a 500-ish record. They'll probably still be over 500 at the end of the year whenever it ends. But that's not good enough, especially considering how quickly out of the gate Mark Pope started at BYU. The, the, the standard was set extremely high, and he has failed to meet it the last two years, and now he's, he's in danger of paying the price for it. That's the tough part, is that expectations, when you set them high, you have to meet those expectations every single year. And you start to feel, fall short, and you start to backslide, essentially. You start to regress versus progress. Or pro, is it pro, yeah, pro, progress. If you don't progress, you're regressing. It just doesn't. It doesn't work. And there's a there's a Chinese idiom that I learned on my mission in Taiwan. It's actually one of my uh, mantras I live by in my day to day life. It's called Bujin Zetui. What it means is if you're not progressing, you're regressing. If you're not getting better, you're going backwards. And BYU basketball right now, they're going backwards. 
All right, we'll finish out today's show with a quick look back at a disappointing loss for BYU football as our 155-game look back at all of BYU's independent-era games continues. We'll get to that in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at Built Bar. Now, Built Bar has been a big part of us here on the Locked On Podcast, and we're also a huge part of the BYU football program. Now, the best thing about Built Bar is they are the best-tasting protein bars that I have ever had, bar none. And pardon the pun, but I use that all the time because I'm dead serious about this. I have had hundreds, if not thousands, of different protein bars in my life as a, as a guy who's uh, tried essentially everything to find that quote-unquote edge as a wannabe golfer, etc. Built Bars, they're the best thing I've found. 120 to 170 calories depending on the bar. 4 to 6 grams of sugar only. The best part is between 17 and 19 grams of protein in each one of these bars. And the best part is you, have to, you just have to go to Built.com, place your order online, wait for it to ship to your house before you can enjoy the Built Bars. The best part is now at your local Smith's and or Sam's Club, you can pick up your Built bars now and have them in your house in literally minutes if they're close enough to you. I've got a Smith's five minutes down the road from me. So give me 10 minutes. I could have them at my house. That's the best part about it. So get to your local Smith's. There's a four bar pack there available to you now. Or if you want to buy them in bulk, you can't wait. Get to your local Sam's Club. Get a 13 bar pack, which is available now at your local Sam's Club. And once again, if you want to order them, you don't mind waiting, go to built.com. While you're there, you can use the promo code locked on 15 for 15% off your order. But the best part is get enjoying the best tasting protein bars. Support BYU football by supporting our friends at Built Bar. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. Love where you bank is a promise, my friends, made by a local not-for-profit financial institution that's dedicated to helping families improve their financial lives. UCCU delivers on that promise. They pioneer new technologies to make banking safer, easier, and more convenient. They also are creating new products and services that real, add real value to their members. They're providing easy access to real local human beings who always give personal help or assistance. And there are many ways, to, there are, excuse me, many reasons to love banking with UCCU. And of course, the best way to know why you'll love banking at UCCU is to experience it for yourself. I can attest to this because I have been working with UCCU as my uh, primary financial institution for nearly 30 years of my life. Uh, you don't have to take my word for it. Floyd K of Nephi also shares this. UCCU is the best and what a banking institution should be about. They actually care about the members and go above and beyond to get you what you really need. They are the best. And I can attest to that because I agree with Floyd from Nephi. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for joining us right here on Locked on Cougars and making us your first listen of the day. A big thank you to all of you for your support as always. Now, before we go on this edition of, of Locked on Cougars, let's actually talk a little more BYU football. Now, looking back at BYU and their independent era of football, the losing streak to Utah throughout the, almost the entirety of their independent era was just a thorn in the side of the BYU football program. We're talking about the 2013 loss for BYU. They were coming off a game that uh, for BYU was very very, very intriguing with the blowout win over Texas. Cougars are riding high. They're making the trip up. Uh, excuse me, they weren't making the trip to the Salt Lake City. They're actually hosting the University of Utah in Provo for the second straight home game as they had uh, started 1-1 one one on the season. And after thrashing Texas, of course, you're thinking, okay, could this BYU, they've lost three straight. Can they make it, uh, can they get the win and obviously overcome the three times rushing the field of the year before up in Salt Lake City. Well, Travis Wilson and the Utes had other ideas. Uh, of course, if you remember the former Utah quarterback. He had 273 yards passing and two touchdown passes. Drez Anderson had 141 yards receiving to lead Utah to a 20-13 to win over BYU. Now, BYU was stymied for the most part in this first half. Many of you might recall this game. It's actually one of the ones that kind of gets lost in the weeds. 
leads. But BYU uh, got within a touchdown when Michael Lisa scored on a one-yard run on the 5-13 to go in the game. And it's thinking, okay, there's a chance here. It's 20-13. to BYU has clawed their way back into this game in the second half. They've scored 13 points here in the second half. And they just, they've got to find an answer. Well, Taysom Hill got the ball back, and then Michael Walker intercepted Taysom Hill's pass on 4th and 13 to slam the door shut on BYU and ensure a fourth straight loss for BYU to the Utes. And it was one of those games that you just look back on, similar to many of these games in this rivalry series, how close, but also yet how far it feels like BYU was uh, uh, trying to get over the hump against the University of Utah. And that, that's the thing about this is it was a kind of a tale of two halves in a big way because Travis Wilson owned the first half. I'm looking at here, yeah, 185 yards and a touchdown on 14 of 20 passing in the first half alone. But then Taysom Hill uh, could not get loose running the ball like he had against Texas. Utah came in with a phenomenal defensive scheme to slow that down. But in the second half, uh, he came alive a little bit in this game. He ripped off a 41-yard run to fill, uh, set up a field goal by Sorensen that cut the lead to 13-3. to They got a second field goal in the third quarter to make it 13-6. You're thinking, okay, here's a chance. And they had a chance uh, to just get into this game. They got within seven and just a, a disappointing uh Man, that interception by Michael Walker. I, I can remember watching that. I was in the press box that game, if I recall correctly, uh, watching that game. I can just remember him intercepting that pass. And you're like, ah, yet another one. Just one of those games that you're like, what could have been once again for BYU? And we, like we talk about, the the rivalry series against Utah throughout the independent era until Kalani Sitake got over the hump, as we will talk about probably in a couple months' time now as we continue to grind through all of these it was just kind of that, that you could never seemingly, if you're BYU, get over the hump against Utah, and it just it led to all kinds of consternation for you for BYU fans. And we all know this. Any of you who watched that series, watched the independent era for BYU, know how disappointing it was to be a BYU fan during this era because it just felt like in so many ways you were so close, but also yet so far. We'll talk more about uh, another game uh, tomorrow on the show where actually this was an interesting season for BYU because if you go back through, and we're going to grind through all of this, is that this was the one season, the lone season that Taysom Hill was BYU's guy the entire year and gave tantalizing hints of what he had the potential to be. Obviously, the other seasons for him in a Cougar uniform were all disrupted due to injury. This is the one year that he really showed, okay, Taysom Hill can be a true superstar. And they started to rattle off some wins. We'll talk about one of those uh, as we continue with this look back on our next edition of Locked on Cougars. So until then, thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. Once again, apologies for the delay on getting a podcast out this week. but we'll, we'll, We'll make up for it. Trust me. We'll start grinding through these. We need to talk some more about the big 12 versus Pac-12 stuff that's going on. It continues to roll on. New stories out there seemingly every single day about where the Pac-12 stands, who their media rights partners options are. We'll talk about that, how it relates to the Big 12 and BYU. We'll get to that as well as the week progresses here. And of course, BYU basketball getting ready for senior night against USF. And like I said, can Mark Pope get the ship righted? Only time will tell. So once again, thank you for joining us. Make your second listen now. Our friends over the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors does a great job getting you up to speed on everything going on in the Big 12 conference. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcasts. It's also available on YouTube. So until next time, have a great rest of your day, my friends. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.